Zoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Beyam Darkecha. We're on page Kuf Nun Ches. We're in the second chapter that discusses the Kavonis we should have during the Suda of Shabbos. I'm very grateful to people who are responded with the uh, Hadassim, uh, where we can get Hadassim. Um, however, it's quite expensive, but we're trying to check out some cheaper venues and to have, be able to maybe use some Hadassim for our Friday night and uh, Suda and for Havdalah. So we were discussing, the last we were discussing was the Kiddush. And we said the Kiddush hints to the Shechina. And you're pouring to the wine inside of the Shechina that is uh, alluding to the Sphira of Bina. And to bring the Malchus to our understanding of Bina, where we understand that everything is from Hashem. So we continue now on page Kufnun Ches on the left-hand side of the page. If you look in the Kiddush, there are 70, seven zero words in the Kiddush. So what is so significant about 70? Well, the fact of the matter is we know that there are 70 nations of the world. What is the aspect of the 70 nations of the world? The Jews are not one of those, by the way. Okay? The Jews are not considered like the 70 nations. We're not a nation at all. We are just that which reflects the divinity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the 70 nations, they, so to speak, have their own klipos. 70 different ways to conceal HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. 70 different false realities, false narratives that they present of how we can conceal Hashem. When we say the 70 words of Kiddush on Friday night, we destroy the power of the 70 nations, we nullify them, and we are we just get rid of them, and we live to with the light of the truth of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay. And that is, uh, that's why the Gemara says, anybody who uh, makes Kiddush on Friday night, even if he was Oyved Avodah his whole life, like the door Enosh, he could be forgiven because this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. You're you're saying these 70 words are saying, I don't believe in all this Narishkeit. So there would be a good thing, a wise thing. If we're trying to cut all that Narishkeit, you would not want to talk about world politics based on the views of those nations because then you're doing the exact opposite of what you did at Kiddush. Remember, when, you, when you're going into the world of Enod Movado, there's nothing to talk about these Narishkeit unless there's a moral lesson you're trying to teach us and to show how false it is. And then when we're finished with the Kiddush, we drink the cup of wine, and your kavana, when you're drinking the wine, is that the new level of brains are coming into you. You want to acquire that which the wine, we know wine, when you drink the wine, the secrets come out, and the biggest secret is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everything. And you want to receive this brains, this divine brains, and to know that you live by the unity of Hashem and you want to be nullified within that truth and yearn for it and to work hard in developing that from a recognition that there's nothing outside of Hashem and everything else is falseness. And the only real truth and only good is HaKadosh Baruch So that is the drinking of the wine. That's the Kiddush that we make. On page 159, section Dalit, 
We are now told the secret of Lechem Mishnah, the two breads that we eat. Again, it's Halacha says we have to have two breads that are shalling. And the secret of the two breads is that one represents Chachma and one represents Bina, the two first spheros, wisdom and understanding. Chachma wisdom is the secret of Beetle. You have the information from the Barakadish Baruch Hu, the recognition that it's all Hakadish Baruch Hu. Okay. And now that I got that Chachma, the Bina says, what do I do with it? Now that I got this information, what does it mean? And that becomes the root of action. And now comes forth a reality of our work that we do for Hakadish Baruch. Hu. If you understand that there's a God who gives us everything in this world, with that chachma, the Bina says, now that we're bottled up, so what do we do? We do, we're instruments of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in making the world aware of that of that unity of Hashem in that. And you need them both. On the one you need chachma to nullify yourself before Hashem and to recognize that Hashem is the source of everything. But on the other hand, you need to act and do at the shlichas Hashem and reveal Hashem in this world. And therefore, we make a brach and the two chalos together. That's the Lechem Mishnah, because we always need them both. And when I'm involved in, in material matters of this world, you need the inner understanding to know that you're cleaving to Hashem. Now, it's interesting, according to the Kabbalists, there's different ways of doing all this. I'm just quoting what is brought down in the Sefer, but there's different customs. And that the you have... The two chalas are not one on top of the other, but one to the right and one to the left. You put the flat parts of the challah together when you hold them. And the right side, obviously, is the right side of the brain. That's chachma, which always has to be stronger to understand what the real realities are and then what the superficial reality, that everything comes from Hashem. And once you think that, then we look at the left side, which is bina, to act on that as a shliach of HaKadosh Baruch that's one way of looking at it. Of course, perhaps we could, you know, there's there's other ways of doing that because some put one chala on top of the other chala. Okay, so it, one could be the base, the foundation. One, some, there's all kinds of discussion. I'm just following it according to this way. But clearly the lechem mish means both aspects. It's, uh, it's very interesting that the lechem mish we have is because of the double portion of manna that we got on Friday. So it's really interesting. The double portion came on Friday, but we didn't eat it till Shabbos. So what does that really mean? The double portion. In real essence, you normally had one portion, it came down in the day, and you ate it that day. But in the desert, you got a double portion, which means what? That means one of the breads was eaten on Friday, and one of the breads was eaten for Shabbos. So what do you see? That we understand there's, there, and the weekday is work and Shabbos is no work. So they came down simultaneously to understand on the day that it's Shabbos, one bread represents Shabbos, that there's nothing. It's all Hashem. The other bread came on Friday where it's still actively working. That's the point. Now, on the footnote, Kuf Lamed Beis, of course, the Zorah and the Rizal, their custom was to have 12 breads on the table. Now, of course, you don't have to have 12 huge chalas. You could have 12 little bilkas. 
Uh, and that would, would suffice and to get you through the entire Shabbos. Now, what is the symbolism of the 12 columns? Well, a simple answer is what? That we know the Shulchan, the table in the Beis Hamikdash, in the Mishkan, had 12 showbreads. So we're trying to symbolize that. So you got to understand, let's think a little bit about these 12 showbreads. There was a great miracle that happened with these 12 showbreads. The miracle is they stayed fresh and they didn't uh, get spoiled. What's the lesson? The lesson is, first of all, why did they not get spoiled? The answer is they're in the holiest place. They're in the base of Migdash. Anything that's connected to Hashem does not spoil, does not decay. There's no such a thing because you are transcending nature. The base of Migdash itself was a place that transcended nature. And now, as long as you keep them close to Hashem, they're miraculous. It stays for a week. And then the next Shabbos, you take it down, and now the, the, now the Kohanim eat that bread. Now, it's not going to stay fresh forever. So you got to eat it then. So, and that really means, and and the the showbreads were really indicative. You know, there's three aspects of Yiddishkeit: Torah, Avoda, and Gemilus Chasodim. The showbreads, the table that represents Gemilus Chasodim, that is man's active work to help humanity outside of the world. And that's what these showbreads are trying to tell us: this idea of the twelve breads which means even though there's two breads, but they can be divided up into further, you know, into the 12, that just like that idea of everything is Hashem, and yet we have to do, same thing in the base of Midrash. When you're in the base of Midrash and nothing spoils because everything comes from Hashem, and yet we have to do, we have to eat it, we have to share, we have to do chesed with others, and it brings blessings to the world. That's the idea with these breads. And therefore, we have these 12 breads. That's a very simple understanding. But a little bit deeper is, and that's why some, by the way, this is an interesting custom, that women braid the house. How many braids would be a mystical number? Now, of course, any braiding of a house is a nice thing. But where did the braiding come from? It's because you have to have 12 chalas. Each chala had six braids, which meant that a braid, <laughs> that's like one chala. And now you interweave them, so now you got six on one side, just like it was on the table. There were six on one side, six on the other. So by braiding them, you now have created one chala that's six. So that's one way you get around that, by using a six braid. And you have to be very talented. Many people do a three braid, a four braid. A six braid is a challenge. So any women who are listening, go for the challenge. Six braids. So that brings those together. But the idea of the 12 is because we know the name of Hashem is yud Hey vav Hey. Now, if you use that three times, three times four is 12. Okay? Now, and once you take all of them, 12, and you add one for the misperkolo, for the for the overall number of how many are there, that's a mystical way of playing with the gematrias. But you got 12 letters, and it's one Hashem. It hints to the 13 attributes of mercy. 
and they are aroused and they reveal the unity of Hashem in the world when there's no concealment, when things are revealed. And therefore, we'll be able to appreciate everything that's going on over here. So this is the idea when we're cutting this bread and then we're eating this bread. We've got the Chachma and the Bina. The deep understanding that it all comes from Hashem. But then what we do with this is there is an Avoda. A particular Avoda that has to be done. And the Avoda is eating food. Okay. We move on now to sub uh, sub point hey on the left side of page kuf nun tes the suudos of shabbos now if you look in the shulchan aruch there's an absolute chiyuv unless you're sick there's an absolute obligation to have meals on shabbos and they and they have a very important part for the jewish people it's a very integral part of our avoda. Now, on the one hand, you might think that eating is a very physical thing. So what does a physical thing have to do with such a spiritual day of Shabbos? But of course, by this time, we understand what is going on over here. We understand that, these, that the external actions of a person, really in that lies concealed the energy of Hashem. When I do things, I can express and reveal what's... When you do an action, it expresses what's inside your heart and inside your mind. If your mind wants to do something and you have certain feelings, you're going to act in a way that will reflect that. Exactly. Well, you know, If you really think this is important and you're really excited, you're going to act in an excited way with alacrity. If you think it's a dumb thing, you don't want to do it, you're going to schlep. So action really reveals what's in the heart and what's in the mind. So when we honor the Shabbos with eating and delighting in the Shabbos, we are revealing with our actions is what's in our heart and what's in our mind. That we're happy with the gift of Shabbos. We're happy with the king. We believe in the king. And from that belief in the king, we're very relaxed and trusting and enjoying life. Because when a person's under pressure and he's worried and he's scared, it's hard to eat a peaceful meal. That's they call you. Wolf down a meal. Or you're not hungry. I can't eat. I'm too upset. We're relaxed. We have a feast. We're so happy. We're, we're, we're with the king. We're with the queen. Very relaxed attitude. That's on the simple level. But a little bit deeper, what does eating mean? That on Shabbos Kodesh is when Hashem illuminates the world with the truth. And on this day, He gives us the strength to successfully see Hashem, not just on the, with the deepest thoughts, and not just as we are leaving the world, or forget about the world. No. But we succeed to feel Hashem, Mamish, in this world, while we're with Gashmias which you think is so distant from Hashem, but we understand the truth so much, we look at the challah, we look at the fish, we look at everything as a reflection of the unity of HaKadosh Baruch and Hashem is expressing His love to HaKadosh Baruch. And especially when it comes to eating through the power of Shabbos, where Hashem reveals His existence and we succeed to feel Hashem within our physical pleasures, and we understand that that pleasure comes from Hashem and we're successful in seeing and feeling that there's not just a, dis, a, a disconnected physical pleasure, 
but it's just a garment of what Hashem has actually given to us, there's no greater pleasure than enjoying that light from a Kodesh Baruch And that's the, the vote of eating on Shabbos, especially on Friday night, to show divinity in everything we eat with a recognition that Hashem himself does it all. And with that, we make a connection between the physical world and the spiritual world. Okay, and there's a whole discussion of exactly the type of food we eat. It's not such a simple thing. We don't normally have pizza on Friday nights. No, we're having the wine, we're having the bread, we're having the fish, we're having the chicken, we're having the beef. Why are we having these? These are particularly unique Shabbos foods. It's not stam, because it's all part of our avoda in what we do. And remember, just like there were six days of creation and a seventh day of rest, what was the point of that seventh day of rest? To know everything that was created in those days, everything that's created in those days, we are meant to what? To show on Shabbos that it's all Hashem. It's not disconnected from Hashem. So everything that that happened on those days is meant to show that what happened on those days is really to connect to Hashem. So to some parts of our whole avoda of Erev Shabbos is, uh, is before Shabbos, but on Shabbos per se, we really get into you know what what's going on on certain days as as we as we put as we're getting ready for Shabbos. What do we do? We put the chal and the wine on the table. First thing before Shabbos, chal and wine. Those that come from plants. Plants. It's the third day of creation. Then we get the candles ready. That's light. That's fourth day of creation. Then what do we have? Then we're going to make Kiddush on the wine and have challah, which we're already prepared. And then what's the first course? Fish. What was created on the fifth day? The fish and the birds. So you have fish and then chicken. And then what's after chicken? A little beef. Why? Because the sixth day the animals were created. You see? And that, that's how it continues. And then the man and the woman are intimate because at the end of the sixth day they were intimate and they had a child. So this is all part of what we're doing as we're coming, you know, there's things for day one and day two as well. But uh, we're just showing it's all there. And on Shabbos we show it's all Hashem who does it all. Therefore, not all foods fit into this structure. People who have dairy on Shabbos are missing the great symbolisms over here because we don't have anything. If you don't have fish or meat or chicken, you're missing the symbolisms of some of the days. So it's very important. That's why we don't fast on Shabbos. Want to be able to... Fasting will be the exact opposite. What are you fasting for? How are you showing that this material world is a manifestation when you're fasting and staying away from everything? So that's the point of all these meals over here. Moving on to subsection six. You can the, uh, the separating the higher and lower waters is the mikvah. Okay, is the mikvah because that's exactly the point. The lower waters, 
that there's waters out here that are yearning to get back to Hashem. That's the mikvah, or the shower and the mikvah. And then the light of the first day, that the light of Shabbos begins to shine by chatzos. The light of Shabbos begins to shine. The, the energies, it wasn't a physical light, it was a spiritual light. So on air by, by chatzos, the light's already coming, it's coming if you're aware of it. Then you're going to go to the mikvah, wash yourself. That, that's how you bring this all in. Okay. I'm sorry. Those who are vegetarian, what about them? They don't eat meat. Why do they not eat meat? Uh, I have a question about well, I don't, I don't understand myself. Why they don't eat? If, if, it's, if they're on a restricted diet, if they're allergic to fish and meat and chicken, of course you don't put your life in danger. If you're philosophically opposed to it, well, guess what? God is not philosophically opposed to it. So I have no answers for those people. Okay, if you mamish can't, if you're revolted, if you would put a piece of chicken in your mouth and you would vomit, okay, nebuch, what can we do? But if you understand it's all part of Hashem's glorious world, there's no room for philosophical vegetarians in God's world. I said philosophical vegetarians. Not if you never have, 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 have allergies and you can't eat certain foods. I know certain people are allergic to fish. Okay, so we're not going to tell you to kill yourself. Hashem, Hashem made you that you can't eat fish. Okay, I understand. It's never. Maybe some people are allergic to meat. I don't know. But if you're not allergic, some people are allergic to bread. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. Right. But anyway, but I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about those people. That's a different story. We say I'm philosophically opposed. I have no right to eat the chicken. I'm on a, diet. I don't eat. a diet is not an all oh, good read. Be on a diet the other six days. You don't have to eat a lot. You can be on a diet on Shabbos. You have one piece of challah. You will not get fat from one piece of challah. One piece of fish, one piece of chicken. No, a small piece. You only need a kazayas to bench. Oh, that's so good, though. A kazayas. And for dessert, you could have fruits. Okay, you don't have to gain weight on Shabbos. Don't blame Shabbos on that. So I'm on a diet, I can't eat bread. What are you talking about? You could starve the other six days of the week. Believe me, one piece of challah three times on Shabbos is not going to blow your diet. Okay, let us now get to Zmirot of Shabbos, of Friday night. What's the purpose of the Zmirot? That's another custom we sing, especially Nigunim, meaning wordless songs. And they have the power to penetrate the inner core of the person, to arouse his soul, to elevate him to a higher place. That's why the Levim sang played instruments based on music, because when you went to the base you wanted to elevate yourself. So the music helps you elevate yourself. And Friday night, we have a lot of Shira and Zimra, lots of singing and songs. And there's songs of yearning and longing. That's what they're called. And those songs are for the purpose to show about the honor and the virtue of Shabbos. Because these songs are, there are those that are songs of praise, on everything that's good and precious, about the greatness of Shabbos, all the simcha we have. And simcha on Shabbos is a very important thing because if you have simcha, that means you're happy with the light of Hashem. 
you value the gift that Hashem gave us of Shabbos. So that's why you're singing to Shabbos. I'm really happy. But the main avoda on Friday night is what we call avodas kisufim, the service of yearning to feel you want more and more and more. I want to see the king. I want to see the king. I just, I just got the first entrance level. Like Shabbos, I just got into the palace, but I haven't yet seen the king. I mean, you're happy. I'm in the palace. That's great. I'm very honored. I'm very happy to be in the palace. But I'm waiting. When is the king going to show up? So when you're singing, you have to arouse your heart to reflect on the unity of Shem and the great Amunah in your heart because the nigan of, uh, as a nigan belongs to the soul, it's the nigan of inner Amunah to Hashem. And therefore, in footnote Kufla Medal, it says, therefore the custom of many Hasidish people places go to the Tzaddik on Friday night, to go to the Tish. Because when you see the Tzaddik, oh, there you can see the Shekhinah radiating from the Tzaddik. Because his mom is clinging to Hashem. And that's how the Shekhinah can be revealed. But the greatest time, and to get the most you can, is on Shabbos. And generally, go to Tzaddik is good, but Shabbos is the main one. Because on Shabbos, every Jew has more Kedusha. So he has more of a tool to receive from the Tzaddik on Shabbos. And on Shabbos itself, the time of eating is the most appropriate time to get the like. You see how the Tzaddik eats it. And how the Tzaddik elevates the world. And that can rub off on you. And if you can't go to a Tzaddik, so what do you do? This is where the Indian of Fabrengen you get together with other Jews. It's not just a Chabad thing. It's, it's a Hasidic thing all across. All Hasidim. It's called Asifas Chaveirim. Friends get together on Friday night. Why? Because Friday night is the time to repair our unity amongst ourselves. You got to remember something very important. Why, why do we want unity so much? What's the virtue of unity? So that's a nice thing. We can get more done if we're united than we fight, which is all true. But Pepinimius, in the inner understanding, what is so important of unity? So he says like this. He says, when Hashem is revealed in the world, especially on Shabbos, that means there's no separations in this world. It means I'm a direct manifestation of Hashem. You're a direct manifestation. You're a direct, all 10 people sitting at a table when we are together and we're not fighting with each other, we are allowing this reality to know that Enod Novato. We're all, not just I'm just from Hashem, you and you and you're all from Hashem. If we're all from Hashem, how can we be divided amongst ourselves? Because each one of us is a chariot of the Shekhinah. Okay? And that's what Achtus does. When we have Achtus, when we're friends with each other, we're all showing there's one source to our existence. And therefore we can elevate. And maybe, let's say one guy in the group is a little slacking off. He hasn't done his avoda to get ready for Shabbos. He sees the other nine guys are flying. So he tags along on their coattails. As long as you have at least external achtos, that reveals Hashem. Now think about this. Let's say you've got very frugal Jews. Mamish, they daven with kavona. They mamish daven for a long time. They learn. They give the mamish amazing Jews. 
but they don't get along with each other. Ugh, I'm jealous of him. I'm not, he has a different way to Hashem, and it's not a good way. We got in a debate, we don't like each other. What is that by definition saying? I don't believe that they know Movado. Because he is different than me. What are you talking about? He's different. You're coming from the same source, Makadish Baruch. I, how can he think the opposite of me? He can think the opposite of you, but you're all coming from the same source. I'm rereading the book on Rav Kook, Zichron of Avram Yitzchok Kook, the first chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. No, and then Israel. Well, not that he was chief rabbi of Yerushalayim and then first chief rabbi of Israel. Correct. Philosophically, him and Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld were on opposite poles completely. Specifically, on how to deal with the secular Jews, especially a secular government. Very opposite philosophies. And there were very um, stark differences between the two of them. And a lot of people took that and created a narrative that was not true that the two of them didn't get along. But the truth is the two of them were best friends. They respected each other. I'll give you a simple example of uh, Cook wanted to continue the idea of the Heter Mechira during Shemitah. He believed that Halakha it's fine. And Rabbi Yosef said it's not. So in Halakha, a big Machlokas. But when they would come into a, together, come into a building, into a door, each one would tell the other one, you go first. You are more honorable than me. And the Imamish were coming to, and they were, wouldn't go in the door. So I don't remember which one of the two. I think it was Rav Cook. It really was two doors, but one was bolted closed. So Rav Cook unlatched it, made both doors open. Says now at least we can go in together. And that's the idea. It's so important to have achdus, especially on Shabbos. How unfortunate are shuls where there's machloikis on Shabbos, and this member doesn't like this member. He's upset with this member. When that's happening, everything you're doing, it goes out the window. Because how could there be an old Movado? How could it be? That's, that's why unity, it's not so much that we get along and we'll be more, which of course could be true. But if the Shina is to help you, it's got to be an old Movado. And although you're so different than me, and you're so different than him, and I'm not like any of you guys, but I care about you, and we're one, and we get together. That's why it's so important to bring in Shabbos and a shul together with people. To have a, an Oynik Shabbos together, Shalashudas together. All these things, why? Because we're showing by being together, we're focused on one thing that brings out the Eno Movado. If you just stay in your house the whole Shabbos, you say, you know why? Because I don't go to that shul, I don't go to this shul, I don't really enjoy anybody. I'm going to be a very firm Jew in my house, and you're not a firm Jew at all. There are differences, and there are certain things people can do that can make you crazy. That's true, but we got to discuss them respectfully and understand that when we do things together, it makes a tremendous impact and creates this Kiddush Hashem. And therefore, he is saying that this yearning really is building the whole week with everything we do to prepare for Shabbos, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's building, it's building, especially Arab Shabbos. The fire is really going. It's mamish, and by Friday night, we're really on fire. 
And that's the rule. To the degree that a person prepares and yearns for it during the week in Erev Shabbos, that's what he'll merit even yearn more. And to get more on Shabbos itself, just the Gemara says, he who prepares on Erev Shabbos, he is the one who will eat on Shabbos. But he says, on Erev Shabbos, there is a lot of yearning. But Friday night, that yearning begins to reveal. It's the beginning of the Hashem is actually beginning to reveal himself in the creation on Friday night. Okay? And even though we haven't totally understood Hashem, but we begin to feel it and we're looking for more. And that's why one of the Nigunim, Chasish Nigun is, Ka'ech Saif Noyam Shabbos. Ka'ech Saif Noyam Shabbos. Oh, Hashem, I'm yearning for the delight of the Shabbos. We're looking for that total unity with Hashem. But we haven't yet got there yet on Friday night. We're just so excited. We're, we're getting closer and closer and closer. And the main avoda of Friday night is to reveal the truth of Hashem inside this world. And to get out of this physical world. And to, and to live with Hashem. That every mitzvah you're doing should one day reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, according to our avoda of feeling Hashem in every aspect of creation and the avoda of yearning at night will merit the morning. That's where we're, that's going to be the peak. One of the peaks is the revelation in the morning. Then it's revealed the etzem, reality of Hashem, that everything is bottled to Hashem and there's peace on the world. And from all that beetle and understanding of Hashem, it comes from that. And therefore, the morning of Shabbos, there's less speak, less singing, and more silence and relaxing because you are now within HaKadosh Baruch, which we'll talk more about that later on. Okay, tomorrow we'll have to do the last part, which is the in the benching, we say, Ritzei Vahachalit Why do we say that, and what is the advantage of that?